This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, all right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about cybersecurity. We're going to talk about what happens when the lights go out. How bad does it get and how fast does it get that shitty? Now, this was actually prompted, we decided to do this episode because Kevin got a phone call. Now, Kevin works in the, what would you call it? The uh, utilities yeah, industry? Yeah, public utilities, that, I, I would say. That, so at least some of, the, some of the day. Public utilities. And, and you got a phone call that, that kind of implied the government might be concerned about things. Is that right? I mean, tell us some details. Yeah, so last week I got a call from uh, DHS. And uh, they want to come and uh, check my facility. Uh, check the uh, cybersecurity issues there. Um, now, some some. Some places in the United States have already had issues. Uh, this specific place is a, a water treatment facility. And um, okay, a few months ago, I guess it's been, been about a year or so ago in Georgia, somebody hacked into a, a water treatment plant and began increasing the, uh, the disinfection. Uh, it was basically uh, chlorine, you know, the amount of chlorine that goes right. into the water to, to – disinfected but um they increased it so much that it got to a level where the water was actually poisonous and could have you know could have really made some people sick um the guy that was working there caught it before it really got out of hand and was able to uh switch everything off Mm -hmm. and and go over to a, a manual operating uh system so it kept anything from from getting out of hand um but hypothetically you could do something like that and um, shut the water system down. So that would be the real, the real threat is that you weren't able to, you know, to provide water for the community. 
Um, that also can happen with things like electricity and, and uh, internet and phone and all that, all the other stuff. Um, so they wanted to get a hold of me. So I'm going to, uh, about two weeks from now, I'm going to be meeting with them over uh, over there. Now, the big thing that they told me, though, is not that they want to go through my computers and make sure it's all safe, but they did want to bring me some pens and some stickers. So oh, that will solve solve it, my problem. That's the that's the the deal clencher there. Yeah. Well, I, I two questions come to mind right away. Now, you guys know that me and Kevin we've been you know forever hanging out and whatever. So I actually used to work in the uh, in the water treatment business back a million years ago with Kevin. How automated and tied in is it? Um, I know when I was there, it was not right. Um, it was not a lot of automated processes. It was pretty much hands-on, you know, you go in and, and I would adjust the chlorine and take my samples and whatever. Is it more of an automated process or is that like on bigger scale facilities? Yeah. So most, uh, most smaller facilities like, um, uh, some bigger trailer parks some bigger, uh, apartment complexes have their own system and it's a very basic you know, basic system and operator operates everything there uh, by hand. But the bigger ones, you know, uh, small towns all the way up, you know, from there, uh, you can really operate it from from your bed at home with using a smartphone. So it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty well automated in the sense that in the sense that anybody anywhere could access it if they have the the proper uh, passwords and all that sort of stuff, which it's really not hard to get crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, the most of the passwords for these systems, you can kind of guess them. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not difficult. And well, now we have a lot, a lot of passwords at my job are one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that Um, before. I I don't know if I just gave away some big technical user or admin usually uh, will get you into some stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people, they that's get the these secret backdoor password. Yeah, exactly. But this, yeah, well, actually I'll, I'll, you know, the, one of the main ways that, that, uh, hackers will get into, uh, get into systems is what they call, uh, social engineering. Um, it's one of the easiest ways to access, access, um, these systems because it relies on human, human interaction. Uh, it's easier to trick a person than to, um, you know, then it get past a security system. Trick a computer. Yeah, it says right. 80, 85 percent. Yeah. Well, actually, of all data uh, data um, breaches are due to you know basically human error. Um, according to that's according to Verizon's data breach investigation report. So basically, it's you know it's right. people being stupid and getting tricked into handing out passwords to you know people who claim you know aren't who they claim they are. Right now, I actually said I had two questions, and that leads us to question number two: If I shaved my beard and put a collar on, mm-hmm. and I called you up and said, "Hey, Kevin, I'm from uh, Department of Homeland Security." And I have stickers and pens. Right, right. Can I come in and check out your operation and trick you into, hey, come give me a tour of the facility? How, how down for that would you be? I would say unless you had a hat that said DHS, I ain't buying it. 
I need to get the Gotta hat. Gotta have a hat. All right. Yep. Now, do I need a special car, or I can just show up in, like, a Honda Accord? No, I, th- I think that you, I would expect either a black SUV or uh, some electric bullshit, yeah. you know? <laughs> I see more yeah, and more of those that's people it. are showing up in the electric car? bullshit. Yeah, electric bullshit yep. cars. So, you know, if you're not coming with, with one of those two, I'm going to be uh, suspicious. So I show up in... I show up in the Dodge Ram with 35s. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, no. Nope. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I ain't okay. buying that. You know, right. come with a clipboard and a, and a, a <laughs> neon right. vest and, and you can get into any place, man. A vest. Got to have yes. a vest. That, that sounds right. It's amazing how that is. Um, we had at, at actually where where I work and, and um, we had a guy uh, – apparently on the lamb running from the popo or something mm-hmm. and halfway through the night shift security's like hey um is jimmy here or whatever and you know we're like i don't know we'll find jimmy he's working somewhere nowhere to be found so they're like well did he clock out nope did he swipe out of the the turnstile on the way out of the plant no well, let's check all the uh, security feeds of all the doors going in and out. Nope. And they're like, okay. So Jimmy so came So apparently in, you can just... But didn't leave. Right. He never left. So they, they searched the plant top to bottom and are like, I don't know. We, we got nothing. Oh, well. Now, mind you, he might have been like walking around in a mm-hmm. circle, you know, opposite where the, the head of the security guy's like... Eh. But... <laughs> Anyway, I just my my point is you could be in a big factory that you know that maybe maybe security isn't you know, up to and, snuff. I mean, huh? realistically, be honest with yourself. I'm not I'm not implying that my company's security is lax. I'm just saying that any company. I mean, come on, realistically, right. you know where you work. You don't think you could slip in and out without being detected, mm-hmm. honestly, especially if it was a bigger facility. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, it's one thing if you have one front door or whatever, but when you have a giant factory with 18 wheelers coming in and out all day long and whatever, you don't think you could slip in and out? Yeah. You could. Yeah, and that's true. And, you know, you... That's one of the things. Now... I'm always shocked by how few of these facilities actually have cameras, considering how inexpensive they are, you know? (coughs) All this stuff is not as guarded as you think it is. Um, I actually was just talking when, you know, this came up of this, this guy disappearing. I was talking to one of the guys who was, you know, part of the big search, whatever. And we have, he told me the number of cameras, but basically we have as many cameras as we do employees. Really? And that to me is like, damn, you know, that's now. We have four people watching them, and I got to say, they're probably watching their cell phones mm-hmm. more than they're watching the cameras. So if you think that, well, we'll say the number's over a thousand. Mm-hmm. If you think that you can monitor a thousand people and yourself, you know, your Facebook feed at the same time, then, you know, maybe. But <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath. Now, the. Uh, as far as the power grid, the power grid is pretty susceptible. That that's one of the things. Absolutely. Um, it it's not the problem is all this infrastructure stuff kind of came onto computers. Um, not 
you know, they came on early on and it costs a lot of money to be updated. And the thing is, a lot of the systems that were put in place, the software doesn't support the upgrades. Um, I know the kind of the industry standard, and you're going to laugh at this, the industry standard is to the, is Windows 10, which is not, you know, cutting edge. But that's like, oh, you have real security if you have Windows 10. When you're rocking Windows 98 and Windows, you know, X or whatever the hell it was, or God forbid, Windows NT or something, uh-huh. which... I may have know of a few computers in the plant that are, you know, and, and that's the point, you know, that are rocking that shit. Because the thing is, the software isn't there to work with the new stuff or the companies don't exist. And you're like, well, we can't do this process without it. Now, a lot of companies are starting to implement policies where they're like, look, it's got to be Windows 10 or newer. or You can't be connected to the network kind of thing. Right. And that's a smart idea. I mean, that's the the security stuff. And again, but you're hearing me say Windows 10. Now, if if I'm telling you that cutting edge companies are are using Windows 10 for security, and yet you know that North Korea was able to hack Sony, do you think Sony's rocking Windows 10 for their stuff? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, they were able to hack uh, Equifax. Um, I'm guessing Equifax, they're probably not all rocking computers from 2010, you know, from 15 years ago. Right. Uh, That's the kind of shit that I I would ask myself if I was really trying to look into this. All these big companies that have money for security, the FBI, the CIA, remember how long, it wasn't that long ago that they changed the uh, homepage on, on the FBI or it was the FBI or the CIA, I don't remember which. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. Both. And I think even even DHS, they actually changed the screen when you went to like FBI.gov or whatever mm-hmm. and made it their own thing. And the thing is, it wasn't for like five minutes and the security people fixed it. It was for like a day and a half. Right. And guess what? If you can hack the FBI, then how do you think your uh, your water plant stacks up? Right. Well, I would. Yeah. Um, you feel like the security is equal, or yeah. Well, I, or you I might feel not like quite you could, be on par with FBI security. Yeah, I feel like you could uh, you could use some bolt cutters and and cut some locks and just walk in. Um, as far as like logging in on your own, I think it would be fairly easy, fairly easy to do that. Um, you know, the issue is some of these systems are so complicated that you can't operate it without using uh the computer system in other words if if somebody encrypts your computer system and turns things off that's it you're just fucked there's nothing you can do about it uh that was that was uh what happened with um uh do you remember when they shut down that that oil pipeline in the united states uh last year i think it was and there's a fuel shortage for a little while yes and held us hostage right right They, they couldn't physically operate that without the computer so that's where you know big issues started you know and people forget we had all those ransomware attacks on the municipalities mm-hmm. remember they were going after all the small towns right. and they were paying yep you know they were paying the fines because it's like what else are we gonna do yeah. you know i mean already we'll this year uh now 
a lot of people don't don't remember this because it wasn't really big in the news. But uh, Conti, uh, C O N T I, that's a um, uh, Russia based hacker group, and they uh, they basically shut down Costa Rica. Um, they they hacked the um, the Ministry of Finance, which basically basically shut down all import export stuff. It was costing them ten and a half million dollars a day in loss of shipping. They hacked the um, Social Security system and the healthcare system, which basically shut down the whole fucking country for for you know a month or two. You know they really did some Old basic da- you know yeah. some serious damage without you know without even put having any uh, hands on it. You know without any any boots on the ground basically. Right. No guns, no shots fired, right. just, yeah. It's it's really amazing. I mean, you think of how devastating you can be. I know we've mentioned in the past that uh, Iranian hack, what was it, the... Uh, the was that um, the, Stux- the Stuxit? Yeah. Yeah, in 2010. With the, so, again, Windows-based program, they ended up, like, spinning up the centrifuges to destroy themselves. And, you know, kind of shut down their program. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, all right. Maybe our nuclear facilities are better protected than that. Maybe. Maybe. I I have no idea. And I feel like Iran's probably more worried about security than our government, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Well, the Iranian government. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I mean, if I'm them, I'm like, hey, that people are really out to get me. Right. 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 But I mean, uh, you know, with this whole thing, you know, and if, if you talk to any uh, United States data analysts, they'll tell you they're under constant attack, you know, Con- you know, from all all sorts of different places. People are always trying to get in there, whether they have malicious intent or they just want to snoop around and, and see what they can find. There's always somebody trying to get into something someplace in the United States. So it's it's a, a real threat, you know, whether or not. Um, whether or not they, they're able to do something as serious as like a, what do they call it? A fire sale when you shut down water, um, you know, you shut, basically shut down everything, turn off the power grid, you know, shut off water, shut off, uh, you know, any of those utilities like that, you're going to be in, you're going to be in, uh, serious trouble if they're able to access that, that stuff and do the malicious shit they're after. And to be honest with you, Russia would be very happy to see the United States go back into the dark ages, even if it was for, you know, a few weeks, it would make some serious, it would have some serious damage. China, China would be very happy. I think they would, I think they would wait until they're, you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation that China already has access to our um, power systems. There's a lot of speculation they 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 can do that. What is it we saw that they – right. They have malware in almost all our infrastructure stuff. And that's the thing. They say that a lot of these things that we consider failed attempts are really like tests Mm -hmm. or probes into seeing and also sometimes planting things in our our software out there. And we act like – you know, oh, there's nothing really to it, but they're they're kind of, you know, a lot of it is like testing because you're like, well, they've never been successful before. So our government must be kick ass, you know, um, but uh, I, I know Janet Napolitano when she was she's that uh, jackass. Uh, what was it? 
Homeland Security or DHS. Okay. Yeah. Yep. She was DHS under Obama. And she said at the time, and again, this is Obama, which is what, 10 years ago? Yeah. She said there's a 70 to 90% chance of a complete power failure in the next two decades of the whole country. Mm-hmm. That's now, I don't know how there can be a 70 to 90%. Like, I feel like it has to be one. Like, does that mean there's an 80% chance? Right. And you, you just average like, it. In it's there. a weird way to word it if you understand how things work out. Cause when you're given a percent, it's like, this is what. I don't yeah, know. especially if you're like you giving a percent of a chance that doesn't seem like a uh, – it seems like right. it should be able to be a little right. bit more right. accurate on, on what the chances are. But but let me – right, on the chances. But, you know, I mean odds makers, they're like, oh, 46% chance that, you know, this guy's going to win the Super Bowl right. or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Who knows? But, yeah, whatever. I guess I get lost in the weeds sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that happens where, you know, hey, uh, I'm like, well, let me stop you right there. And then I miss the whole big picture because I'm too worried about stupid shit. But it happens. That's, you know, I digress. So there is a lot of things going on out there. Now, let's talk about how the power grid actually works. So the idea is we actually have, I got a bunch of notes I'm trying to sort out here. But the power grid is made up of, it's got three grids, the eastern grid, the western grid, and the Texas grid. Mm -hmm. Now, each one is kind of independent, um, and that's made up of 55,000 substations. And all these substations have transformers. And that's the problem is the transformers are huge. Um, They're huge. They're expensive. And we don't have a lot of redundancy with them. That's what they're always so worried about is these transformers getting damaged. Now, originally they did a study and they decided that it would take less than 20 substations to shut down the entire power grid. Then they kind of looked into it a little bit more and it turns out they were like, well, actually it might be as little as nine. Nine critical substations. Now, I don't know what makes up a critical substation and how many there are, but somehow we keep getting attacks on critical substations. So apparently anybody who does any research can figure out what the critical ones are. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't looked into it or tried to figure it out because I'm not actually trying to take down the power grid. I kind of like electricity. I'm a fan. Um. Being a professional podcaster who makes as much as $40 a month doing mm-hmm. it, I can tell you that I want this to keep going because this gravy train, <laughs> I can't stop it. Now, mind you, mind you, it costs us, I think, like $60 a month to keep it going. But, you know, gravy train. Yeah. Let's just look at the incoming money. That's That's where we need to focus. So anyway, with that, in 2013, a bunch of an unknown group, so I can't even tell you who did it, in San Jose, California, um, there's a, a substation with a bunch of transformers. People were able to, they say, make precision shots 
to take out the Transformers. Now, do you, you're like, well, what kind of rifle would you use for precision shots? Maybe a, a Ruger Precision, some kind of FNN, something high end that, you know, they put together. Nope, AK-47. Ah, so, you know, that I've never thought of AK-47. Iron sight AK-47. I've never seen, right. I've never seen an AK-47 with a scope on it, I don't think. And I've been to the gun range a few times. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's like, yeah, it's an AK-4. I don't need it. Whatever. You know, you just... So, anyway, maybe it's not a precision rifle, but they said precision shots in the article I read. We're able to take out, wait for it, 17 Transformers in 18 minutes. Wow. They somehow disappeared 60 seconds before the police arrived. Which, to be honest... 18 minutes for a police uh, response time isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's bad when you're like, I wish the cops would come. But if you compare it to the averages, mm-hmm. cops don't get there very quick. No. Cops don't even know where a Transformers substation is, if you ask me. But whatever, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Um, my point is, the all these people got away. We have no idea. Turns out, a lot of times when they do these big investigations, they don't have guys like Monk. Oh, okay. Or, All right. What is it? The two guys from Psych. Uh-huh. You know, Gus and uh, whoever from Psych. The, there's not guys like that, not guys like that working on these problems. These are more like the ones who are out there solving solving homicides. Take a guess how many homicides like get solved. Like you'd probably 80%. right? Like, you're like, I'm not going to go kill somebody because there's a damn good chance I'm going to go to jail. Dude, 50%. And tell me, you don't think that you're smarter than 50% (laughs) of the people out there who are committing homicides. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not even saying smarter than 50% of the population. I'm talking about people who are murdering each other. These are not usually the upper intelligence kind of people. Mm -hmm. And you just got to be better than half of them to get away with it. That, that's concerning to me. And I feel like 50% of murderers, it's like, yeah, I did it. You know, like, oh, yeah, I shot my wife in the face because she was getting mouthy and I couldn't handle yeah. it. And yeah. Whatever. You know, like, or, or vice versa. You know, the wife shoots the husband in the face because he's a dumbass. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it happens. Um, you know, that kind of thing is a little concerning. But, uh, you know, hey, whatever. So if we can't solve these crimes and we don't know what's going on, we don't know what kind of threats are really out there. And I guess that's my point. Um, It all is pretty vulnerable. It's all old technology. Um, You know, I heard a lot of people are like running campaigns where they're like, we need to beg the government to, uh, you know, get to the bottom of this and up security. Because these are real threats. Well, again, they're not sexy topics. They get votes and, you know, things like that. I would vote for the guy who's like, well, actually, you remember Trump was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this shit. Mm -hmm. I don't recall anything happening. He made some steps to make our government more EMP proof. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I don't think really big changes happen. But, you know, he did say he was going to do it, and I did hear stuff happened. Um, but I know they said that for a billion dollars, we could really significantly upgrade our infrastructure. Yeah. 
Um, I don't really believe that to be true. You can't do shit with a billion dollars anymore. That's like nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying, hey, you know, that guy down the road with the billion dollars, he could just pay and fix that. Well, what is the one I always hear that, uh, you know, uh, Bezos, I think they're like, oh, he has, you know, whatever billion dollars. I have no idea, you know, 20 billion or whatever. I, I have no idea. It could be a hundred billion, whatever. But it was some stupid number where some jackass couldn't do the math. And was like, yeah, that means he could give every person in America a million dollars and it wouldn't even affect yeah. him. And why doesn't he just do that? And I'm like, no, your your math doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't add up. All. Yeah. But anyway, that, you know, whatever, you're a dumbass. Just shut up. And you know what? Giving people a million dollars is not going to make the world better. How many people win the lottery and end up destroy their lives? Yeah, you know, broken, whatever, right Uh after and yeah, die of drug overdoses. That's not not the solution, right? That's not the solution. Um, But the ransomware, all that stuff, it all, it all basically just points to how vulnerable we really are. And there are a lot of actors out there, you know, bad actors. They say that that don't love America. You would think that we would be the most loved country in the world trying to control everything and whatever. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, well, America is all about help. Right. And you would think they don't- that. But th- that's not exactly <laughs> how we're perceived by the rest of the world. I know you guys are finding this shocking. I found it shocking. Mm-hmm. But I would tell you that not everyone is full on in love with us. Now, my guess is like, you know how when you're really awesome, people get jealous? Mm. That's what I think's kind of happening. You know, they're like, yeah, they're, they're too big. Um, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, uh, about about six, ten years ago, uh, they did a study. The, the federal government and Congress did a study on uh, how how United States would manage a um, an EMP. And basically the, the what they said, what they found was within the first year after the power grid going down, 90% of the population would be dead. One year after the the power grid went down, 90% of the United States, people in the United States would have died of disease and starvation, which is shocking to me. But I mean, if you think about how, how in, involved the electrical grid is in your everyday uh, activities, you know, it wouldn't, it really wouldn't take much to bring things to a standstill. Especially if you were able to, uh, you know, when it gets to a certain point, there's some things you can do, you know, um, vehicles will still be able to, to, to drive around if it has gas, but gas isn't going to be delivered as easily. Trains are going to be shut down. Food isn't going to be dispersed, you know, the way it normally is to grocery stores. It's going to be three or four days before the grocery store is out of food. And, uh, Everybody's pretty much fucked because nobody has a year's worth of food. You know, at least uh, people that aren't preppers don't. And, um, you know, the people that do have that little bit of food, it's going to be really uh, hard to not start sharing your food with with people when your neighbor's kids are starving to death. You know, it's going to be really difficult. And to be honest with you, it's the nice people that die first in situations like that. It's the people that are willing to share what they have that are going to be the first ones to go. So that 10% of the people that survive till the end, they're the assholes. Those are the people that are willing to steal. Those are the people that are willing to kill to get, you know, get what they need to survive. And, uh, you know, 
maybe six months in, it's going to just be a fucking free for all. So hopefully, hopefully with a cyber attack, the power grid wouldn't be down for a year, but it really wouldn't be a shock if it was down for three months, four months. And that would really do serious damage to the country. Well, here's what I, what I worry about. I mean, you're, you know, talking kind of on the surface of, well, three months and no power grid and no production and how far we get behind in our GDP and all this stuff. But think of how people react, right? Remember these crises in the cities where power's out for two days, three days, people start destroying yep. shit. And especially if they really believe that things, it almost becomes one of these self-fulfilling prophecies because you have people like us out there saying, look, if the grid goes down, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad and you need to get yours and take care of your own. Well, everyone kind of has that in the back of their mind now because that's the kind of discussions that people have and they're like, shit, I got to get mine. So they go to the full-on looting and whatever early on. Mm -hmm. You know, the criminals are like, yeah, opportunity. You know, like, fuck, New Orleans, you know, right? When when Katrina happened, it was like full-on anarchy. Um, over and over again, we see that shit play out in California when you just have like a, a day blackout, you know, something like that. Shit, it doesn't always get crazy. But I feel like it. we make it worse by people having that mindset. But the bottom line is you got to deal with the world that you live in and this is it, mm -hmm. you know, it's gonna turn to chaos. I feel like the infrastructure would be destroyed if, if the power was out for a month. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are going to destroy anything that's left. There's no, you know, people are so ready for an apocalypse. I don't know why in their minds, you know, like mentally. Right. They're like, I mean, I don't mean they're actually prepared. I mean, they're expecting mm -hmm. it. That they're just like, oh, we're going to full on anarchy. Here it is. You know, it's go time, honey. Get the bags. We're going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to go loot the, the Walmart and we're going to have our little stockpile and we're going to, I don't know. People have such a disdain and a distrust for the government that... Man, they're they're just right on the edge, and and I find that worrying. So, like you said, there's so many things that go out. Like you would think, all right, we'll say it's a a a, a hack. Although you understand too that it's very easy for people to hack cars, um, modern cars with the Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. You know, I was watching a uh, when I was doing the research for this an NBC documentary, and they walked into a parking garage, and the guys like watch. I can turn on, you know, half the cars here in the parking garage with my laptop. Mm -hmm. And he's just going through and doing it. He's like, here, get in your car and drive around. Guy drives around. He's turning on turn signals while the guy's not doing mm -hmm. it. He's like, watch the tachometer go up and down. And he's like, these are things I'm choosing to do. But um, I know I read a uh, one of the fiction audiobooks was... Uh, they basically had cars blowing up because they ended up like messing with fuel valves and things like that. I think they had uh, they had um, the fuel just dump out on the ground, like it overfilled into a section where you know, like with an old car. Imagine if it bubbled out of the carburetor right. or whatever. You know, I don't know what they did to 
But the idea is you just put fuel in the wrong place and then they ended up, you know, sparking the cars and basically the cars just dumped fuel out in the driveway and then they overheated batteries in, you know, electric cars and they shut it down. So you can go to full on chaos with just because it's technology, you know, it's all tied to the grid. You know, they have that, that we call it the internet of things Mm -hmm. where everything is tied together and can communicate. You know, we talked about people spying on you and and they can use your Roomba or your whatever. It's always just the weakest link. Mm -hmm. If they can get into that, then they're in your network, you know, and and that's how things escalate and they get out of control. Um, Now, think of how people are, though. They're not self-reliant anymore. Now, obviously, I guarantee you guys kind of, you know, you're, you're taking care of shit. You got food stores. You got things planned. You got ways to get water. You've thought about it. You considered it. Hopefully you have water storage if you're in an area where it's tight. Um, Again, you may have a solution in your mind like, oh, I can get my water here because I have this worked out. Great. Don't count on the creek that people might be pooping in up the creek a Mm -hmm. little bit, but, you know, or that the sewage is backing up in. That's the thing. Sewage shuts down. All of it, it turns bad. But, and you're like, well, you know, I have my 71 pickup. I'm still going to be able to drive even after an EMP. Maybe your car still drives. Nobody's hacking it. But what happens when you're in New York City and the shit goes down, mm-hmm. right? Tell me that when the street lights aren't working, you can get out of New York City in a car and I'll call you a liar because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. You know, you get the cops out there and you're telling me that's going to be the cop's priority. Oh, I got to direct traffic. Yeah, you kind of, they can, but is everything else not blowing up in the city at that point? You know, are people like not robbing stores and and killing people? And I don't know why it's like human nature to turn to chaos. But remember, it just takes three or four bad apples to spoil the whole damn bunch. Mm -hmm. You know, you've maybe heard that. Well, there's a couple jackasses out there that are going to fuck it up for everybody. And, but I would say on the flip side, remember, like, you know, I we always see these prepper novels and they're always under attack by, like, gangs and shit like that. You know, you have the gang in the city and the guy goes in and, you know, somehow they, they kidnap daughters for the whole sex trade and whatever. And then they're like, oh, now I got to fight the gang and whatever. There's always... But... Remember in in the West, in America, when we were actually creating this country, we had Indians attacking at any time and different things. It is possible to survive. It's just it's going to take effort and it's going to take planning and basically learning some skills. I hate to say it. One of the biggest things is people need to learn to be brutal. Um, So many people have that like, Oh, you know, a cop would be the best guy to have in in a shit hits the fan situation because he understand tactics, tactics, and you know how to deal with criminals and whatever. But remember, dealing with a criminal in a shit hits the fan scenario is different than dealing with a criminal in the modern world, right? Because it's very different. You need to be brutal. You know, a guy comes up and tries to rape your daughter, right? So he comes up and your your daughter's uh, out chopping firewood. Comes up, puts his hand around her mouth, 
tries to drag her away. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. And you're like, what the fuck? You come out, shoot the guy in the leg. You're like, hey, leave my daughter alone, whatever. Come here, daughter. Stand next to me and everything will be okay. Now, sir, you need to get out of here and don't come back. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. The the walk up and shoot him in the head is kind of the only answer because it's different. It's not how a policeman would handle it. Although in some towns, policemen might yeah. handle it that way. <laughs> in some really some towns. I mean, maybe maybe the fifty percent of un, unsolved homicides might be policemen. Yeah, um, I'm just saying. Uh, but no, I mean that's the point though is. You're going to have to step up your brutality game. It's the guy who's willing to, you know, put his thumb through somebody's eyeball or punch somebody in the throat during a fight that's going to be the one that survives. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're caught up in this traditional fight fair kind of mentality, and I'm not saying I want everybody to just go to full on brutal, I'm just saying you can't let criminals and thugs out there they're just going to go attack other people if they're not going to come back and attack you um and the thing is it's the criminals and the thugs and the disgusting people that are willing to do this brutality and they're the ones that are going to end up surviving you know when kevin says oh only 10 percent will be left guess what 10 percent it's going to be You know, it really is more that way. And you need to learn to step up your game. And I'm not saying take or hurt anybody else, but I'm saying your level of tolerance of what you'll let bad people do. You know, if you think the guy is shifty and shady and creepy eyeballing your daughter and he wants to, you know, hey, I can be part of this community too. Who are you to say I can't be here and, and whatever? Well... Maybe you need to step up your game and maybe that traditional law enforcement mindset is not going to be, you know, we can get to a point. We can bring it back to where there can be a sheriff kind of situation and, you know, somebody can kind of handle business and keep things under control. But in that initial time frame, when things are transitioning, you got to make sure you take action and take care of your family. And that's one of the biggest things that, you know, you really learn to step up. Um, the world's kind of turning crazy. Is there some things going on in the news, Kevin? Things you're you're worried about or? Yeah, well, there's all sorts of stuff, man. All sorts of terrible shit going on right now. Uh, we could we could do a 15, uh, 15 hour uh, podcast on that. Um, but really, the 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 big threat right now is the big actors. Um China is definitely eyeballing Taiwan, and uh, the president recently said that they would uh, they would get down into a shooting war with China if they tried to invade Taiwan. And Taiwan is adamant that 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 Taiwan is still part of China and is not a not its own country. Um, right now, obviously, uh, with Russia, there's a, a huge issue going on right now inside Russia. I know we've all, you know, we've we've heard and talked about, um, you know, warehouses and things like that burning down, but they said they've committed eighty-five percent of the people that would normally be um, border guards and things like that are committed to Ukraine, which is leaving Russia open a huge, uh, huge attacks from from multiple angles, and um, 
that's not something that they're just going to, they're not just going to tolerate, you know, they'll, they'll, I, I wouldn't think it would be crazy for them at this point to, uh, do something, uh, do something wild. And we talk about cyber attacks, but I mean, there's, there's, they've got a lot of potential. Now they, they threaten a nuclear attack and shit like that. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'd be shocked if 50% of those, uh, the engines on those mess missiles are going to actually function. And the other 50% probably don't have any, uh, any fissionable material left in them. You know, it's probably been sold to, to terrorist organizations by now, but, you know, that doesn't mean that um, something crazy is is off the table. Uh, right now, I think we're at the highest level, in my opinion, of serious, uh, serious global catastrophe happening. Yeah, I mean, not to be all doom and gloom. Now, I do have good news. Well, I don't know if it's good news. The world's still going to end, mm-hmm. right? But... There was Biden did give a speech about four months mm-hmm. ago, and he was quick to point out that all the power companies and things in the United States, they're almost all privately owned companies. Oh, good. Right. So privately owned companies, it's really their fault if they get hacked because the government, I mean, what could they do? We haven't let the government take over everything. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. It's huh? really on them if the country goes mm-hmm. down. And DHS and, and the federal government can't be blamed. I'm just saying Biden put that out there. So he gave a speech about four months ago. You guys can search that out. But so I'm just saying you may, you know, realize that capitalism really is the problem. <laughs> and by letting those companies do their own thing, um, I, I, oh man. So, I had mentioned last week that I was looking at like TikTok and that kind of thing and seeing if I was, there was a way that I could kind of incorporate it for preppers and survival and kind of get the word out because damn, if everybody's not staring at their phone all the time. So we do have a prepping badass TikTok page and I still have yet to put a video on there, but I'm hot on the trail. Like I said, I've already found the feature where I can make myself look like a teenage girl I mean, my skin will be luxuriously smooth. A teenage girl with a beard. And I haven't found that for the podcast, right? If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to be like, eh, I've looked at your skin and you don't really look like a teenage girl. But I'm saying like, you know, on TikTok, I can pull that off, Mm -hmm. right? And because they they all, yeah. So with that, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm 52. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen those filters on there. You might be 52 and you might actually look like you're 52. You just don't today, you know. Um, But, you know, hey, whatever. Each their own. Anyway, it turned out when I searched it out, there was like I searched things like uh, Second Amendment, um, you know, two-way libertarian capitalism. I searched out, uh, you know, prepping, survival. And there is a community there. But it is small, and I think we might be able to, you know, make some moves on there and and maybe step up the prepping badass game, you know, build the brand a little mm-hmm. bit. So that's that's exciting. But um, it's funny. I was listening to the people describe what capitalism is and and what uh, you know libertarianism is, and damn, there's some dumb people out there. That's all I can tell you. 
Um, you, one, you know that they're just, because they're all like 25, you know they're just repeating what their college professor mm-hmm. said. And they're like, yeah, ca- capitalism is just like, if you think the company should be there and, and the company should never screw you and do everything good, but you get to do whatever you want. And that system's just not going to work. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're thinking of anarchy. And yeah, no, it's not like, I don't know. There's, it's just fucked up, dude. They don't know what's going on. And so I think I need to do some videos on capitalism. Um, turns out a corrupt government being the problem may look like capitalism's the problem, but n- not really if you have a brain and understand how the world mm-hmm. works. But, you know, whatever, to each their own. Like, do you know that, uh, this is one of the things that always gets me, right? So according to be a, pu- yeah, according to the law, to be a publicly traded company, you have to make every decision in the best interest of the shareholders. Right. You're required by law because mm-hmm. otherwise you're defrauding your shareholders. And so when they're like, yeah, that company's trying to get maximum profits, they're greedy. Well, no, actually the government made a law that said you have to do that and you have no other choice. And then you're like, well, yeah, but... But the company's really with the problem, you know, and it's just shit like that over and over again. I don't know. I may be getting a little off topic. Mm-hmm. Now, you know who is a capitalist? Is this guy likes capitalism. And if you went to the website, preppingbadass.com, there is all kinds of badass shit that you could be buying that would put money in Kevin's pocket. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd actually let Kevin have any of the money, but... I mean, it could put money in my pocket, right? So that's what's important. Something like that is what we need to do, right? Um, Or maybe you want to go to Patreon, patreon patreon.com. What we do there is if you pledge to give just $1 a month, I mean, I'm like better than Sally Struthers. She wants like 50 cents a day or Mm -hmm. whatever. I want $1 a month, right? That's nothing. I mean, $5 a month. How much entertainment do you get from this? Think of what Audible costs, right? You're paying like, what is it, $10 a book or $7 a book, mm-hmm. something like that for an audio book. Um, I mean, I know they're more when you buy it individually, but if you pay for the plan with like two a month, it's like 15 bucks or something like that. I didn't even get paid for that advertisement for Audible just mm-hmm. now. But what I am saying is you could get quality entertainment for the whole month for free, would it be wrong to chip in five bucks a month to patreon.com and support the podcast? I'm saying. I mean, all right, I'm maybe not as good as a kick-ass fiction novel, but maybe I am. (laughs) Who's going to save your life, right? right? Is it going to be my advice or is it going to be listening to that? I I don't know. What shady novels are people listening to? God fucking knows at this point. Fifty Shades of Grey? I I don't know what they're doing. If you need to figure out how to spank Um, your wife, that's a different different podcast. (laughs) That's it. There's probably a podcast for that, and they probably have a Patreon page, and maybe they need to be supported. But anyway, what we can do is you support us on Patreon. I can send you a Prepping Badass patch. Now... What I think, though, that's for a buck a month, minimum. Anything more, you're still going to get the patch. You go as far as $5, I will give you access to a link. Work with me. 
that you can see backstage while we're recording this podcast. Now, pretty much, it's not much. You're not getting much more. One, you're getting real time when we record it. But two, you're also getting the secret conversations me and Kevin have. You might get insight into the things that we hold back that are like too good, (laughs) too juicy of nuggets to even make it onto the episode. Where we're like, you know, well, let's not tell them all that. Not just yet, you know, because that's that's too much. They wouldn't be able to handle it. They'd, they'd probably burn their house down if we told them how to build a fire that good. You know, the secret backstage knowledge. You could have access to that shit. And a little bit sooner, we could probably work that out if you did five bucks or more a month. I could probably set that all up right. for new subscribers. But I don't know, something out there. Uh, but you have concerns, show topics, things you're worried about, um, things you'd love to hear about, things you think we could do better. Um, maybe you just want to tell Kevin he's awesome. We can do that too. Uh, you need to email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Otherwise, I would say stay safe. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, you Kevin, know, you if, you, if you uh, are a TikTok influencer. You can uh, email Chuck and give him some Ooh. tips on how to really uh, TikTok shit up. Yes. Yes. That's where we need to be. Kevin, I like the way you think. We could possibly do a collaboration. Me and the TikTok influencer. Maybe you have a kick-ass podcast and you want Kevin to be a guest host. Maybe you want me to be a guest host. That's probably less, less exciting. But Kevin... Has some funny shit to say. I always get emails. Let Kevin talk more. Kevin Kevin has the amazing rants. I love when Kevin goes and gives a big rant. And I'm like, whatever. Fuck you. You know? <laughs> no, me. Me. But, you know, jealous. So with that, stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Ooh.